This is Hope FM. Well, you heard me saying right at the top of the programme that my very special guests today are Sharon Pryor and Colin Bennett. And uh, they have uh, a lot of things in common and they're here uh, because on many things that they work on, they they work together in partnership. But you might like to know a little bit of their history. So maybe Sharon, uh, ladies first. I'll st- oh, ladies uh, yeah. first. <laughs> yes, I'll start. With- well, tell us first of all, I mean, how did you, how did your fifth journey begin? Um, It began when I was um, 21 um, and I was working as a medical microbiologist in a hospital in North London um, and I was studying for my final exams and it was quite boring Uh, and so I um, was rifling through a box that my dad had got down from the loft and in the box was a Gideon New Testament that my brother had been given 10 years previously at school and it had been um, in our loft all that time. I started to read it and I just it was just completely new to me. I'd never been to church. As far as I was aware, I didn't know any Christians. uh, And I just started reading it. And um, as I read it, I realised, I would have said I was a good person. I would have said I believed in God before. Um, But I realised when I got to John's Gospel that you need to be born again. I didn't know what it meant. um, But I decided at that moment that I wanted to follow this radical man that was called Jesus. So you did. And, I did. And what were the early years like then? Um, they were quite interesting, really, quite funny in some ways. So I started going along to a church. Um, it was a church where my mum and dad got married. And the first time I went there, because I didn't know anything about denominations or anything, um, but the first time I went there... Um, It was so boring. And they gave me this pile of books as I went in. I couldn't find my place and and nobody was very friendly. And and I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm I'm going to be a follower of Jesus because I wouldn't have called myself a Christian. So you didn't quite find the the radical following of Jesus. I didn't. No. And that was that was a big thing for me. I thought the the guy I'm reading about in, in the New Testament is not the person that I see here. But God had amazing um, things in uh, in hand. So uh, someone came to work at the hospital where I was work uh, working. Um, I was given the opportunity of training her um, and she uh, was a Christian and went to a church that was very lively, had a, a big group of sort of 20 to 30 year olds. Um, and so I went, started going along to that church uh, and then eventually after about six months um, decided that I needed to go to a church nearer my home. So I started go to a church called Enfield Baptist Church um, and I was given the role of um, teaching the 8 to 10 year old boys in Sunday school and they knew far more than I did because they'd been in (laughs) church all their life so I would say my first two years of discipleship was really done by a group of 8 to 10 year old boys. So so basically training and working with young people was in your your DNA? It was in my blood right from the very beginning really and and thinking you know I didn't want other people to wait um, that long um, I was 21 uh, before they heard the gospel and so so I started working with children young people through crusaders initially um, then training them at Moorlands uh, and then more recently I'm the director of the Pace Trust which works in schools in Bournemouth Christchurch and Paul um, and it's just it's just wonderful to uh, yeah. to be able to impart some of what I've learned. But also last week in the very chair where you're sat, I had a gentleman by the name of Mark Arnold. Oh, yes, um, Mark. I know I, Mark And I well. believe there's a little connection there as well. Yes. So Mark works for Urban Saints. Um, and so I used to work for Crusaders, which is now called Urban Saints. Um, I'm also the chair of trustees of Urban Saints. Um, and so I know Mark very well. We've worked, done a lot of work together. So, so, so it's a very small world. It's indeed. a very small uh, world. Yes. And Mark is absolutely brilliant at what he does. <laughs> yeah. And now, of course, being a microbiologist, 
psychologist. I mean, mm-hmm. you, I suppose that you could have then continued in a medical career. Yeah. What happened mm-hmm. to, to change direction? I think it was really because I... I was quite determined. I'd been a Christian for about three or four years um, and I was quite determined that I didn't want people to to wait until they were 21 before they heard the gospel. So I contacted various youth organisations like Youth for Christ, Scripture Union and at the time Crusaders, which is now Urban Saints, um, and said, look, I really want to come and work with you. I want to tell young people about Jesus. Um, and they all came back to me and said, you need to go to Bible college. So I went off to Bible college for two years. And which Bible college? I went to a, a college in Birmingham called Birmingham Bible Institute at the time. Um, and um, went there for two years and then applied for a role with Crusaders and I became an area development worker with them um, in North, back in North London and then in the East Midlands before then going to train youth workers at Moreland's College. Indeed. Well, we'll hear a lot more about that yes. as, as we go through the programme. Just now, let's have your first choice in music. Now, I think you, you chose, uh, yet not I, but Christ yeah. Through Me, which, which I think would be an appropriate track to play following yeah. you know, what you just shared with us. Why this one? I just, I've, I heard it um, quite recently, actually. Um, but that whole sense of I'm not doing anything in my own strength. It's Christ in me that's doing it. And when I feel anxious, when I feel um, I'm not really up to the, the job that he's calling me to do, I don't have to worry about that because he's doing it through me. Well, let's have a listen. This is Hope FM. In me. Well, that's uh, Sharon's first choice of music there. Yet not I, but Through Christ in Me by uh, City uh, Alight. Well, we've heard about the beginnings uh, of Sharon in terms of her walk in faith and those early years. And now I turn to Colin. Of course, I know Colin's story quite well, but, but there's... You know, you can never get tired of listening to it. But well, you can if you listen to it. <laughs> I get no. I don't. I never get tired of telling it because it's the wonder of Jesus. So, uh, same same question to you, yeah. Colin. How did your faith journey begin? Yeah. So, um, I think part of it was I had a wonderful mother who always took me to church. I never wanted to go, but she always <laughs> took me. You're going to church. <laughs> Until the age of 12, where I lied to her, because I started going to church on my own when I was about 11, and um, I just found it so boring. So, so yeah, something in common with Sharon there, yeah. Anyway, so I told my mum that this strange man had followed me home. What? So she said, <laughs> it was a lie. And, and um, I, I said to and she said, well, you better come with me again. I said, I'm not going with you, mum. So that's it. So that was my end of going to church. That was at 11. Uh, when I was 22, I fancied this girl. Oh. And she said to me, would you like to come to church with me? And I went and I thought, this is just as boring as then. Actually, that girl is now my wife. <laughs> and she wanted to become a Christian, but never really knew what it meant to be a Christian. A bit like Sharon, you know, she knew there was more, but didn't really, couldn't find it. But then, I mean, you both share in common your early experiences of church life not being the best. No. Mm, no, not at all. Mm. No. And but, that, 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 would have, that almost put you both off, didn't it? Well... You know, I loved I loved my girlfriend, so I was going to continue. I mean, we went to some terrible churches together. You know, we went to one church, 
which we didn't we didn't even know what the church was. Somebody said go to this church, Sally Park Baptist. Do you remember Sally yeah, Park yeah. Sharon? Yeah. Anyway, so we went to this one church, but we got the wrong church, <laughs> <laughs> and we went to a Christadelphian church. Mm-hmm. And they read out of 1 Chronicles 1, chapter 1 through to chapter 10. Now, if you, any of your listeners know 1 Chronicles 1, chapter 1 through chapter 10, it's a list of the begats or, and such and such gave, even though yes, this, and, yes. and it's 10 chapters of that. Thinking, what on earth? What thrilling, I, thrilling stuff, you know. And also, they passed a plate round to get, you know, for us to put money in. They said, oh, no, you're not part of us, so you're not allowed to give any money to us thinking i'm not even good enough to give you my money <laughs> mm. of course there are some churches you know they don't bury them they stand them up in the pews <laughs> uh, but of course like sharon you didn't you didn't get st- stuck with it with a fairly lifeless church you know you f- you eventually find something that well, was a friend of mine his name's pete Tellem, and he 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 was he said you must come to church with us you and you and yvonne must come to church and it was a series of a series of three guest services and the first service was simply about the love of god i have to say i can't remember anything about the sermon except my heart changed at that moment in time and i knew the love of god Hmm. Now, what were you, you were you were training, of course, at that time for youth work. Yeah, you, you share yeah. that passion. Yep. And uh, what was it that attracted you? I mean, of all of the things that you could have done in life, yep. like being a brain surgeon or <laughs> whatever, uh, then why youth work? Well, I was a scientist in the same way that Sharon was. I worked for Courtauld's, a large textile company, and I was a research assistant and doing lots and lots of things. But I started, somebody said to me, why don't you come on this youth camp? I've got no idea what that meant. Anyway, it ended up going to Greece. So in this youth camp, we went, we fundraised and went to Greece. I just absolutely loved it. It was a one, the whole notion of residential work with Mm. young people, that is, that's the business. Mm. So my life changed at that moment in time and I knew I wanted to be a youth worker. So, but I didn't know what that was. And I spoke to somebody, I said, I said, well, what do I do? And this person said, yes, you go to the college I went to. This was the person I knew. She said, go to this college, West Hill College in Birmingham. And that's so similar to Sharon, Birmingham. <laughs> and I, that's where I trained, West yeah, Hill College. Yeah. And that's where I met Yvonne. And that's where I became a Christian. And of course, it's interesting that, that both you and Sharon had that sort of scientific mindset yeah. and you were in that sort of field. Some people, of course, of course, think that science and, and any thinking person, uh, they don't... <laughs> They're not really. It's not compatible, really, exactly. with faith, you know. And uh, and yet, you two seem to be out of the box on that one. Well, well, it sh- we shouldn't be out of the box, should we, Sharon? Not, not at all. I mean, to me, because I did a lot of work looking down microscopes, and to me, the wonder of looking at cells and you know uh, the the things that I was I was seeing um, in image in images from and just thinking the human body is an amazing, amazing structure, and it can't just be an accident. There has to be somebody who is putting it all together a creator exactly and for me chemistry i love doing all the experiments wonderful but also you see i was also a geologist uh, amateur geologist and i still am <coughs> and fossils would just some people say yeah it's bad you're bound to like fossils because you are one <laughs> but the whole notion of just even thinking about i mean your listeners will all know uh, old harry rocks and the isle of Wight and the needles that's made of chalk and it's made of coccoliths, which are microscopic 
fossils. So when you see a chunk of chalk, you see all these fossils. That's what you're really looking at. And, and geologists don't really know how that was formed. Neither silicon and chert and flint, they don't really know how that was formed. So mm. we, we're looking at marvellous things, mm. which we still don't even really get. And like in terms of, of, of training of young people these days, I mean, the, the evolution of the species, you know, the, the, oh, yeah. the Darwin. I mean, I believe that Darwin was a thinking person, wasn't yes. he? And, and he, was, he was reaching out. It wasn't that he, and in fact, uh, you know, some believe that he, he actually became a Christian in the latter years of his yeah. life. Whether that's true or not, I'm, I, I'm not 100% sure. But of course, uh, having said that, I mean, in schools, for example, often they they teach the origin of the species as as facts yeah. i suppose you must that must sort of grind a wee bit with both of you i think as, oh do you go want, no you go i think as a scientist you know one of the things that scientist does say I've, I've got a bottle of water here if i tip this bottle of water up over my head and squeeze well, go it, and do it. <laughs> <laughs> i know scientifically i can do this a hundred times and the same thing will happen the problem with geology and the origin of the species is that we can't replicate that we can't check it out we can't go back we can't replicate time we can't do so the problem is geol- i mean my, i love the program the big bang theory mm. that's one of my favorite programs and in there sheldon cooper in that program says Geologists, they're not proper scientists at all. <laughs> and well, that's you out the window, Colin, for a start. No, I am a chemist, though. I've got qualifications as a chemist. But, but in reality, he's right. You know, you cannot replicate geology. So origin of the species, Darwinianism... People are changing their viewpoints all the time about this, mm. and that's real science. And of as course, opposed the, to popular, there is a, there is an element of evolution. Of, of, you know, of course, there is. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I guess that that what we don't really know is uh, is all the timings exactly. that 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 relate to, that. Or, or how you go from one species to another. I think that's the biggest issue for me. Mm. There's this massive gap um, that. You know, they say, oh, we, we evolved from monkeys, but there's a big gap that says, well, how did that happen? Um, and so for me, it's it, to when I'm teaching young people, it's always, you know, well, it is actually a theory, a theory we have to consider, um, but it is a theory. And of course, we're just about to have another dinosaur film come out, uh, yet another Jurassic Park one. Yeah. And I've seen the coming attractions for it, you know, and the dinosaurs are getting bigger. But again, you know, I guess. Critics of Christianity will often say, well, dinosaurs, millions of years, you know, Christianity, 2,000 years come off it, you know. But, of course, th- these very challenging questions, they're not mm. quite as black and white as they appear, are they? No, and some people are young Earth and some people are old Earth. We're not, this isn't the purpose of our discussion today, <coughs> but John Lennox has got a fantastic book, The Six Days That Divide the World. And in, if your listeners are uh, wanting to study this, John Lennox's book is fantastic because there he talks about certain things that happened that are scientists call them singularities they only happen once so the creation of the universe in the beginning god that's where we we are but also science would say big bang now that isn't always been what scientists have believed it you scientists used to believe a steady state that the universe has always been there there's never wasn't one point of creation only over the last 50 years have we said a big bang so science is changing all the time 
The problem is, I think, newspapers and the media want to do popular science, and that's very different to true science. Well, it's all exciting stuff, isn't it? Fantastic. But, uh, the reason why I bring it up in the inter- inter- uh, intergenerational discussion, which, of course, we haven't, yeah. is that obviously that communication with young people. If, they want, if there's one thing that young people want is, is reality, you yes. know. Uh, and, and I guess that where we started, where both of you had this sort of very negative experience mm. of established church life, which, of course, isn't really a true reflection of what no. Jesus <laughs> intended the church to be, you know. No. So it's, I think it's important to mention these things. Now, your first choice of music is uh, is actually it's one of my favourite uh, tracks uh, yeah. from Mike and the Mechanics The Living Years yeah. why this one Colin? I had a fantastic relationship with my mum I had a bad relationship with my dad and there is something very poignant about this song I can't listen to this song without it bringing tears to my eyes because my dad was an abusive man and uh, but he himself had been abused as a child so there is something in this song which talks about trying to mend the generations the problem is i have no faith that that society is going to mend the generations but i do believe that that a love of jesus can mend the generations Mm. this is hope fm well i haven't forgotten my guests in the studio here, they're able to have a little rest, you see, whilst uh, uh, Colin, wake up. <laughs> and uh, now we're, we're t- going to be talking about intergenerational work, but I thought it was probably a good thing just to set the scene. But let me first of all ask you both, and again coming to you, Sharon, what do you mean by intergenerational work? It's where each generation, I, I believe, each generation has something to offer. And so for me, it's, and you know, in the past, it was all done in families because people lived in extended families. And so one generation would pass it on to another. And in, in the Bible, in, in um, Psalm uh, 78, it talks about telling the next generation. And if you look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament was very much about passing things on from one generation to another. So for me, it's, a, it's the privilege of being being able to learn from those who have gone before me in a, a generation that's older than me and then also being able to impart it into those that are, are coming up, the younger ones. So so for me, it's, we've all got masses to learn, I think, from each um, age group of people. And so for me, intergenerational ministry is, is getting that kind of the... Um, the knowledge, the experience, the attitudes from all across the generations in order that all of us can flourish. And it's quite important, isn't it? Because even the Bible says that out of the mouth of babes, yeah. you know, uh, wisdom comes. So young yeah. people and babes. And in fact, Timothy was encouraged by Paul, wasn't he, in the Bible? Yeah, absolutely. You know, not, not to despise his youth, yeah. uh, 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 as it were. So, Colin, we miss a trick by not doing this, do we? We do, we do. I mean, Sharon's right. I mean, just listen to this. We will not hide these great things from their descendants. We will tell the next generation. I mean, anybody who's a Christian and thinks that they shouldn't be doing intergenerational work, um, Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9 is my classic go-to. You know, that whole sense of, you know, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. Impress these on your children. When you do it, when you lie down, when you get up. I mean, there's not a time where you're not expected to do that. My grandchildren, I've said it before, you know, my grandchildren, I'm talking all the time about God and their direction and their life and whatever, as well as having great fun. But, you know, 
Sometimes my grandchildren are like, I'm in the toilet. Granddad, we just want to talk to you about this. Yeah, will you just give me one minute? <laughs> in other words, there's a sense that we're always expected to be talking about about God and his wonders to 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 us. I mean, if God is so amazing, you know, who are we to, to not tell the stories? Now, with it being so important, then, yeah. how good are we at doing it? I think there are some people that are very, very good at it. I think, you know, the old saying, it takes a, gen- it takes a community to raise a child. Um, I think that that is true. And there are many, many churches that are doing it really, really well. Um, I think for some people it comes more naturally than, than others. And as I said earlier, you know, my discipleship for the first two years of my Christian life was done by a group of eight to ten year old boys. They knew far more about the Bible than I did, having come from nothing. Um, and so they, they taught me and they taught me the stories that I didn't know um, from the Old Testament, from the New Testament. Um, and so it, it obviously takes a humility to to be able to accept that from younger ones but I, I think there is a danger that we in society generally we can see you know we teach the young people rather than what can I learn from the young people mm-hmm. um, so I think some people do it very well some people do it naturally some people can learn to do it and that's where training comes in um, some people will struggle with it um, but I think it's all always about learn thinking to yourself what can I learn from this person who's in front of me whatever their age now, Sharon, I know that you're you're working with PACE, and, yep. and PACE is, is an organisation that goes into schools mm-hmm. to do Christian education. H- how do you work the intergenerational thing there? I mean, obviously you've got yeah. the teachers there and, yep. and so on, but, but how, how do you... How do you sort of address these sorts of issues? Yeah, so we're quite a small charity. Um, we we have a, a full-time and a part-time secondary worker and a full-time and a part-time uh, primary worker. Um, but we also have lots and lots of volunteers. And so we're very much about um, helping churches to serve schools. Uh, so we work with the churches, we work with volunteers from the churches. Um, and so we take them um, in with us when we're doing, we do lessons, we do assemblies, we do lunchtime clubs, after-school clubs. Um, and so we take volunteers in with us with the view that as they're working with the children particularly in the lunchtime clubs the after school clubs they will invite the children and young people back into their youth groups their children's work in the churches um, and so then they get the whole experience of the church being a family which is all age groups um, and so we don't do it specific I mean we do it obviously to a certain extent because there are different ages within the school but I think more of the work can happen as well outside of the school mm-hmm. now we know that the, when we talk about church life it's, it's very mixed isn't it because mm-hmm. you know, we go to some churches and it'll be full of every age group that yeah. you can imagine yeah. you know and I won't name particular churches mm-hmm. but we, we all know that equally very sadly we'll go on it's mainly grey grey hairs and, and so on yeah. uh, uh, so why why do you think that is that 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 for some churches is it is it where we started this conversation where some are just well there's no nice way of putting this but dead shall I have a go mm-hmm. I think I think it's easy for a church leader to focus on the adults I think that's the easiest thing you know a thirteen year old or fourteen year old is not probably the the best the area where most although i love working with that age group a lot of people really struggle with 13 14 15 year old particularly boys you know i think i i, I do think that, that a lot of churches and churches are not sure about what to do and how to go about doing it mm-hmm. but my maxim is this children love 
the fact that people care for them and want mm. to, to, to be around them and want to support them. I mean, and, and they're, they're ask, like Sharon said, they're asking questions all the time about lots and lots of things. My grandchildren are always asking me, what should I be doing in my life? What should I be yeah. doing here? And they also love sweets. So, <laughs> and sweets for younger children. Your dentist is oh, saying, no, come on, be careful what you say. When I say sweets, it might mean something that they really want. In other words, meeting a need that they have. Mm. It's funny, you know, because one of the things that uh, that makes me laugh about my own grandchildren and, and uh, our youngest, you know, is only two, but every time he comes and he asks me, can I have your iPad, Grandpa, or, uh, or can I have your mobile phone? Yeah. Uh, and he sat there, and he's quicker than I am. Yeah. Uh, you know, so technology and all of that sort of mm. thing. But in fact, I have actually thought, you know, well, I'm going to sit and watch, what, you know, show me how to do it. You know, mm. and he loves you know showing me you know and uh, so although he doesn't need my assistance to go on uh, on YouTube for kids or anything like that, yeah. you know uh, he uh, I can sit there with him and 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 of course it does spark conversation and, Always. and a bit of a laugh sometimes you know yeah. I think it's hard for some churches where they don't have um, any families there yeah. they desperately want to and they they're trying yes. to but. They're trying to get families there, but because there are none there, it's mm-hmm. hard then for other families to come and join. Well, um, well again, that, that's a good point, Sharon, because I've been, I guess we probably all have been, I've been to, around some churches where there's, they're normally more mature people. They're lovely people. Mm-hmm. They have a heart for God. And in fact, they often say to me, you know, that uh, you know, we, uh, we're just old and tired mm. you know but there's a heart for it like for for a church that maybe uh, finds itself in that sort of position uh, what sort of things would you two be saying to them i think they can get involved in all kinds of things so one I, I go around speaking at quite a few churches in as director of pace um and the thing that i say to them is you know you may not have children coming to your church but you can still be involved in reaching out to children in schools um and so when I was in Sheffield, I set up and opened the book. Um, and so we had, you know, really quite mature people because they were free during the day going into schools, dressing up, acting out the Bible stories. Um, and that worked really, really well. And they felt that, you know, that was very intergenerational. Um, but a, they, a lot of the churches locally here, you know, we really encourage them to pray for the schools, to be involved in, in financially supporting um, schools. We, we're just looking at a project at the moment called, called it's your move which is transition work from year six to year seven um, by scripture union and and we're saying to to local churches that haven't got any children you can get involved in this well here's an an interesting one for you because like in in Emmanuel church where i where i worship myself uh uh, we have a youth pastor and we went from pretty zero young Mm -hmm. people to quite a lot i think Mm -hmm. over 70 now here's the thing that that I've I've noticed that there are more and more young families that are that are coming to the service. It's very encouraging, and but uh, if we talk to Josh, our youth worker, uh, he would say that, and it's true that a lot of the young people he's working with, he works with St Peter's School, yep. uh, and 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 some others. Now those young people are coming regularly to groups. Mm-hmm. They're not coming to church. No. But the interesting thing is, we're not overly concerned about that because actually I suppose that one very important thing is we need to see a church in a much broader um, and encourage people that it's not just bums on pews as no, it were absolutely uh, it's a lot more than that 
And, and, you know, what is the church? Is exactly. it a Sunday morning? No, I don't think it is, you know. And, and with Josh, because he's a volunteer with us at Pace. And, um, I mean, he's just, he's just great because he he gathers people of different generations together to work with the young people that he, he meets in school. Um, and it's working. And, and of course, he, he, he's constantly working to, to introduce in lots of, of different ways through projects, mm. you know, finding bridges, really, yeah. uh, mm. uh, uh, and whatever. Of course, the other thing, having talked to Mark Arnold last mm-hmm. week, another very uh, interesting challenge is, of course, young people with additional needs. Yeah. Uh, yes. and, and again, it's quite encouraging that many churches are beginning to understand mm-hmm. uh, that actually here's a whole other area yeah. uh, where you can do all sorts of things. And it's not just children and young people, because I, I guess that certainly in our congregation we have adults mm-hmm. with learning dis- dis- yeah. dis- disabilities. But again, it's another way where mm. you can make positive response. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. If yeah. you were at the church where I go to God First today, you would have uh, 60 people in a room, children and and adults, all in a room, all playing and enjoying that time. And that kind of ministry is is where I would start if I was a church leader and didn't really know what to do. That's where I would start. Well, we Messy Church, first, of course, has been very popular, hasn't yeah, it? Mm-hmm. But this is this is called First Steps, so it's kind of like... A, it's what you'd classically call babe, mother and toddlers, but mm. really lots of men are there, parents, carers. And I think, I think we're missing a trick if we're not doing that in a, in a church context. Now you may say we haven't got the helpers or the volunteers to do that, but I think that's where some churches need to work together with other mm. churches to make that happen. But don't you find that, that maybe at the beginning people can be a little bit Oh, I, I'm not really cut out for that. But actually, yeah. when people start to do something, maybe a little bit out of their comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, whatever age they are, uh, it's then when they think, you know, I quite, quite enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, and, so, and sometimes it's, it's small steps, isn't it? Yes. And so sometimes it might be that they offer to come along and do the drinks yep. um, and refreshments, and then gradually they can get into it. Mm-hmm. And, and then before you know it, they're leading a game or yeah. um, doing other things. Yeah. One of the early youth clubs that I was involved with in in, in Belfast, Northern Ireland, uh, uh, there was a well, we we ran a youth club again. A lot of the young people who went to that uh, were from the estate. Mm. Uh, the, the youth club was on church premises, but mm. then very few of the young people actually went to the services on mm. on a Sunday at the beginning. You mm. know, anyway, there was a. The, the, some of the kids put a, a brick through a lady's window. Well, they were they were didn't mean to do it. They mm. were throwing stuff around, you know. And of course, it went through this old lady's window. And anyway, the whole thing started with conflict. You know, mm. uh, the youth worker went along, sat with this young lady, and, and and explained to her what they were trying to do with the young people, and said, "You know, what we really need is somebody to come and make the tea." Yeah. Uh, well, this is no word of a lie. That lady. Not only had her window repaired by the young people who sorted it out, but she came and she made the tea every mm. week. And there was only one condition, and the condition was a set of earmuffs <laughs> <laughs> because of the music. It was so loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was too loud. Yeah, uh, and, but it was it was such a wonderful story because mm. it took a negative and turned it into positive. Mm. And actually, uh, you know, if we had that that lady in the studio today, there'd be a smile on her face. And, and she loved those young people because she developed a relationship with them. Mm. And if we had the young people, they would equally be positive because they grew to love her. Yeah. Uh, she was like granny to them. Mm. You know? One but of, one of my, my, my son's just texting because he actually is a youth worker in a church 
but also goes into schools. So Dan has just said, um, if church leaders don't really know what to do, contact the schools yeah, yeah. <laughs> or somebody like Pace mm. and, for, and, and run holiday clubs. Mm. Yeah. I mean, holiday clubs is a great way. My, I know my daughter, Ruth, she always is looking out for mm. churches that run holiday clubs mm. or whatever so that their children during the holiday time can go to these groups. Well, let's have some more music. Shall we have Philippa Hannah? Let's have Philippa. Philippa was in Sheffield. I used to live in Sheffield and Philippa um, is in Sheffield. Um, but this particular song that I've chosen... I, I think with the pandemic, it was easy to be so overcome by everything that was happening, very much uncertainty. Um, I, I have a mum in a nursing home. She went in two days before the first lockdown, so we couldn't see her. And, and so I had to be reminded constantly through that time um, that he's, he was still God. He was still on the throne. Um, and although everything was um, really all churned up and chaotic, God is still God. And I think that's a really important message um, for people, whatever they're going through. God is still God. This is Hope FM. Uh, well, we're talking about intergenerational work. And at the beginning of the programme, I asked Sharon and Colin about their faith journey. Now, we're very blessed here in Hope FM because we have uh, some young people who are with us for six months uh, and they're, they're learning how radio works. And one of those young people is, is Lizzie, who's been working really, really hard because all the bits for the breakfast show and so on, Lizzie has been helping uh, to pull those things together. Uh, together uh, now uh, Lizzie uh, I, I know that, that you were talking off air to both Sharon and Colin about your own experiences of church what 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 was it like for you your, your parents were, were, were uh, taking you to church hadn't they um, yeah my parents took me to church when I was young so very young like um, yeah probably since when I was a toddler Till, till um, when I was older, about eleven, maybe. So, how did you find the whole experience? Well, I was very young, so sometimes I didn't understand what was happening, like what was being talked about. But um, they had, after the service, they would have like a club for children to go to, and we do, uh, like random Christian stuff, like. Stuff that would appeal to children. Of course, we used to have the flannel graph. You remember that, where they, they stuck the things on the. I'm, your I'm not that old. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not that old. Little, but I you, you mean what that. is a flannel graph? Action song. I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> uh, action songs and, and well, it's just fun stuff that kids do. So, did you do all of that, Lizzie? It was just crafts and singing, and we did nativities. Those uh, are great. So you, you, so that aspect of it, you enjoy. Now, of course, as you got older, then you stopped going uh, to church. What, what was it that 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 stopped you from going, or or was it something you didn't just think about? You just just didn't go. Well, when I was in Girl Guides, when I was about um, when I was from twelve to fourteen, I was in Girl Guides, and they did church services, and those were really fun. But at some point. In secondary school, um, I lost. I realised I had no connection to Christianity, so that was when I stopped going altogether. Mm. Now that's interesting because it ha- so w- were you at any point think saying to yourself, maybe I ought to look closer into this, or did you just think, you know, th- in, of all the things that, that are currently on my agenda, this is really not at this stage in my life up there at all? Did it just happen like that? Um. 
I think because when I was young, I had a I was obviously raised Christian, and I'd never really um, thought about my personal connection to it. And church was I was a child, so and it was fun for me, and I enjoyed going to church. And then yeah, as I got older, I just realized when I thought of God and Jesus, I didn't feel anything towards yeah. them or or the idea of um a god like watching over me or anything yeah. and, and that, that's quite common actually well i was going yeah. to say actually that you must because obviously both of you have had experience of going into schools and so on and mm, i guess yeah. you you that would be something you would have heard lots of yeah and, and i think you know, your experience isn't unusual in in the sense of where young people are brought up within the christian um, faith um they at some point they have to make that decision to own it for themselves because they can't they can't sort of piggyback off of their parents' faith. And for a lot of young people, I find that it happens when they go off to university. That's the, the crunch time. If, if they go to university or college, that's usually the crunch time because they've gone along with their parents up until that time. Now the, the world's their oyster and they can do what they like. Um, and so some choose to get involved in the Christian Union at college or university uh, and others decide not to and, and go their own way. So, so I think it is really important that the transition times, and we're quite good at doing transition from, um, for, for five-year-olds going into school, we're quite good at doing transition from primary to secondary school, but I'm not sure how much we do the transition between um, school work, school college, school university. And I think that's something that a lot of churches could get involved in um, because there's all kinds of things that you could you could do. When I, when I was um, in Crusaders, I used to run a Crusader group in North London. When the And it was for 11 to 18-year-olds. When the young people got to 18, if they went off to university, um, once a term, we used to take the younger ones up to visit them. Um, and so we kept them in the in the loop, so to speak. But, but I think that's not uncommon common your experience at all uh, and it's about how do you decide that you're going to own your faith yourself now when when you go into the the classroom and again i know you you, you both yeah. had a lot of experience of this what are the, the sorts of things that young people are saying to you i mean obviously you've already said that what lizzie has just shared mm. there uh, is one of the things that mm. they said uh, i think lizzie said there's just no personal connection there yeah. that yeah. she just didn't feel it it yeah. didn't didn't work um is uh, what else are, are young people saying to you I think there's a, a lot of anxiety at the moment with young people. Um, some of them have just started their SATs, and so there's anxiety around that, which which seems to be much, much bigger yeah. than it ever was when I was at school, which was a long time ago. But I mean, we didn't do SATs then, but we did do exams every year. Um, but now it seems to be the, the be-all and end-all. And in fact, it was really interesting. I was talking to some friends of mine who whose daughter, she's got five children, and they were saying that she's never really been... Um, pushy about their academic achievement she much her and her husband would much rather that they were rounded individuals who were kind to people um, and and enjoyed life and so whilst they haven't pushed it I mean they've all done well the children but but they've never pushed that and I think there is a lot of push now in the whole academic attainment well of course this is mental health week so there's absolutely and 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 very sadly uh, the the, there has been a a, you know an unprecedented rise in in suicide and Mm -hmm. in mental health cases particularly a young among young people and young men in particular yes actually Uh, Colin what about you what are what are the things that you young people 
say to you at your point of contact? I think think the stereotype, church is boring, Mm I mean, it still hasn't changed from when I was... <laughs> when uh, I was and, we, and we've admitted that, in some cases, that would be true. Well, anything could be made boring. <laughs> and, and that is, in some cases... I mean, I'm, I'm very much um, a promoter of, of the church. I think the church is wonderful yeah, when do. it's working well. Um, well, Jesus thinks a lot of the church, absolutely, doesn't Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but but I mean, but but I, but I guess you know people are saying this is boring. You have to take that at face value, don't you? You have to. Well, actually, it's somehow whatever is just not working. Mm-hmm. But equally, there'll be people saying it's fantastic. You know mm-hmm. what that is? Maybe that leads us to something else because for both of you, the the, the thing that right at the beginning of the program that you both said was that you, your initial, both of your initial experiences was this doesn't connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is boring this is this is lifeless now christianity is not actually because the church isn't about the building and Mm -hmm. and the pew that we sit on the seat that we sit on on a sunday it's about dynamic lifestyle Mm -hmm. now is when you start to talk about dynamic lifestyle uh, and excitement and challenge and being able to fly on eagle's wings and basically anything is possible and how do you communicate that I think you have to communicate it <coughs> on a, a small group, one-on-ones, that kind of level. I don't think a Sunday morning sermon generally is not going to do that for a lot of people. I think I think some people would find that turn off. Or very heavy, in some churches, very heavy ritualised things where you've got to do this or you've got to do that or you've got to do the other. I think, I think that has worked in the past, but I think... For example, I I run a group called um, Cafe Church with somebody from Waterlily. So Waterlily, we run a monthly cafe church. It's just wonderful. Everybody loves being there. I mean, there's about. Well, I know they like the breakfast. Well, exactly. (laughs) They get fed. Breakfast. They do. What? That's very. It's it's Colin's secret. (laughs) Yes. It's not mine, it's Jesus' secret weapon. He always was eating. Well, he did go to Zacchaeus' house for tea. Exactly, and he invited himself. I mean, that's the other thing. Yes, he did. I mean, the reality is, we all have to eat, as your son always tells me. Yes, (laughs) indeed. Well, it is interesting, isn't it? Because it always makes me laugh how the disciples were with Jesus. I mean, they must be blown away when when he healed people and when he talked to them. So many times he did the opposite to what they expected expected him to do you know they were saying the children go away you're too busy to bother about you and she says no 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 bring the kids to me you know and then but i think that's the issue blair i really do i think so often we do things to young people rather than doing things with them yeah and so for me it's about how do they how do they serve if we're really missional then the young people should be part of that mission and they should be serving and not just recipients of it well you've heard it said haven't you uh, although probably less so these days the young people are the church of tomorrow when in actual fact that's a load of rubbish Uh, young people are the church of today you know Uh, but of course with Jesus it was about doing wasn't it because because I I, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall you know whenever you know that disciples in awe seeing him doing all this stuff and then he turns around and says right it's your turn chaps yeah. Yeah. Uh, I said I'm sending you out and, and you know you'll be able to do all the things that I've done and, and you'll be able to do far more than what but I've done but even the feeding of the 5,000 everybody says oh Jesus fed the 5,000 it actually was the disciples yes, he it, said you feed yeah, them yeah. disciples said we, we don't know how to he, he blessed the bread and as they took it 
around, it multiplied. It multiplied. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love to have seen that, wouldn't you? But you know, it's the real... all of a sudden growing. <laughs> this bread, the... I've already emptied this bread, and now it's growing. Yeah. Yeah, of course, the real funny part of that story is uh, when Jesus says, "Look, I'm sending you out uh, like sheep among wolves." Yes, yes. that was to encourage them. <laughs> Uh, and, well, yeah. and, and they're already nervous and they're already in the knees are knocking well of course we all know that we, what do wolves do to sheep yeah. they eat them yeah exactly. but then of course when they came back having done like the feeding gone and doing what jesus said they should do they came back and they they couldn't contain their excitement could they a few years ago i was working with a group of young people they were 11 to 14 year olds and we were planning a service that we were going to run in this church and um, and most of the young people in the group had never been to church before so they were part of the youth group but never been to the actual church service and so we were planning it and um, they were doing various different things and and the the sunday before we were doing it um, one of the lads 12 he's uh, david he said this is the most exciting thing I've ever done. And I said, why is that, David? He said, because it could all go wrong. <laughs> and I thought, actually, he was really putting his faith on the line there, yes, that yes. it could go wrong. Mm. And he was relying on God. To, yeah. And I think it's when young people get those experiences, it's no longer boring. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and of course, that's where you capture hearts and minds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're not preaching at them. No. Uh, you know, uh, and I guess it's, it's, it's true, not just for young people, because you can find a lot of older people yeah. asleep. Yeah. You know, yes. But 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 when they're doing and and you know and, and chatting to people and and listening to people and and praying and and seeing things happen, you know, or in our case, making a radio station work, which is what Lizzie helps. Absolutely, has to that's Lizzie. Uh, yeah. So uh, so uh, because it won't work unless somebody does th- mm. that sort of. Work. But that I think in the doing that people do have mm. the learning, and I guess if. In terms of intergenerational work, which is what we're talking about today, that the more that is happening together, mm. the better. Yeah, I think as well as the whole thing about not, you know, people can be discouraged, very easily discouraged. But the great thing is, um, you know, two of the people who are listening at the moment, my son Dan and also Justin Grinsell, they they haven't always been there in church, but people have continued to pray for them Mm. and be around them and been open to them and as a result these two young men are now following Jesus wholeheartedly and they're very much doers aren't they I mean I haven't seen Justin in years look Justin if you're listening good morning to you mate yeah morning Justin Uh, about about time I did an interview with you and Dan Bennett uh, don't you think you're getting off the hook (laughs) Uh, because actually they both have had very different experiences, they have. Uh, you, you know. But but they're doers. I mean, Dan went worked in an outward bound centre, yeah, didn't he, right. and so on as well. Um, but this doing thing. So so turning to you again, Lizzie. So if 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 Sharon and, and Colin here could come up with something and said, "We want your help," would you be attracted to it, or would it depend what it was? <laughs> um. <laughs> She's been very cautious on the. I would be very cautious. It depends what it is. No, but, but the truth of the matter is, Lizzie, that you remember whenever I first talked to you on the radio? Yeah. Uh, you'd not done that before, had you? No. Uh, how did you feel after you'd done it? Um, I felt happy. I felt um, proud of myself that I tried something new. And you had. She had tried something new and, and, and is learning something new. And Dan, who is our operations guy, we're always pushing poor old Lizzie the button. She's having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> so, but, but the bottom line is, in all that chaos, Lizzie, you're enjoying it, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. You have to say that. He's sitting there. 
no, no. Uh, well, I can't even say she's sacrificed because it's the government who pay her, you know. <laughs> anyway, let's have some music. Uh, this is my desire. Now, Sh- yeah. uh, Sharon, I think you're the one who cited this one. Oh, I chose this one. And, and it's really because, for me, it is about, it's about being... And as a Christian, I need to be more like Jesus. But it is also about serving and it's about doing. You have to get the balance right between those two. And I think this song really encapsulates that. This is my desire to worship you. And we worship God not just in church on Sunday. We worship him with our whole lives right the way through Monday to Saturday as well. This is Hope FM. Well, that's uh, this is my desire. Dedicated especially to Dan Bennett this morning, uh, one of his favourite songs. Uh, not apparently. <laughs> that's your fault for embarrassing Colin. Yeah, yeah. Explain, explain why. Well, because he was in a singing group, and that was the song that they always seemed to choose. So he got fed up of singing. It. I should give you your choice. In fact, Dan, if you if you if you just text your dad, you know something you'd like to hear. I know he already has. Oh, he has. Yes, All but right, I said well, we haven't got. Time to do it youth of the nation we haven't got time to do it we're talking about encouraging young people <laughs> well i know I, I know how you you need a lot of time to youth of the nation is the one that he wanted pod i'll have a look for it okay I'll have a look for it, yeah anyway let's come back to the religion word you know because because uh, often when you talk to people in fact uh, as you know uh, you know i i sit in quite a lot of council stuff you know and and uh, and one of the things that people say you know it says you know are you uh, are you a christian it says i'm not not religious and i said no i feel like saying well neither am well, i yeah. exactly <laughs> I'm not. But, but but for those but for those who um, maybe struggle with that what is the difference between religion and Christian faith. It's, a, it's the wrong R they're using. It's not religion. The Christian faith is a relationship. And so for me, it's, it's about my relationship with Jesus. Yeah. But of course, everybody thinks religion, don't they? Because I mm. suppose that's the bracket. And of course, maybe when you put it on like Father Ted and so on, you, mm. you know, and stuff on the TV, you, you get quite a lot of stigma stuff. Now, the religion bit is the is is quite a, well it's everything isn't it it's sort of like I, I, somebody said to me once in fact it was a chap called Mark Bontaine and he he was a contemporary of Mother Teresa in Calcutta and he had schools for orphans and did as, mm. as much as Mother Teresa did but he said to me Blair I wouldn't walk across the street for a religion mm. and then Sharon you'd like him because he because uh, uh, he his face transformed and he said oh Jesus he said yeah. He said, "Relationship, relationship, mm. Blair. That's what it is." Mm. He died the week after I interviewed him. But, oh, it, but <laughs> that doesn't sound good, Colin, does it? <laughs> but he was in his he was in his eighties, and uh, he he travelled the world. And you know, this is incredible because I went to America to a Christian conference, and of all of the people that I could have sat next to, guess who I sat next to? Not Marby. He wasn't risen from the I dead. Was, I was going to say you couldn't um, have been him. It was his wife. Oh. Uh, and uh, and I was able to say to her what an impression that he had made, you know, mm-hmm. in that interview that I that I'd had with him and whatever. But actually, um, but people are tuned to think religion, uh, and, and probably would would use the religion word rather than the faith word, mm-hmm. and are the the more important one, as you say, relationship. Mm-hmm. But how is that best communicated to people? Again, I think, and myself and Shannon are running a, a course around mentoring. 
one on one. I think it's it's best it's best caught rather than taught. Mm. And I think it's to, to quote an old adage. And I think you do it one on one. How do you make disciples one on one? How do you how do you do any of this? And so the mentoring course that do you want to say a little bit about that, Sharon? Yeah. So I mean, we've been running the mentoring course for quite a few years now, and and it helps people to to walk alongside um, other people in whatever context they're in. Um, just to help them to see that there is someone who they are really, who's really interested in them, um, and wants to see them flourish and wants to see them see them grow. Really, um, not necessarily as a Christian. I mean, it could be um, we d- we train mentors to work in schools as well, um, and so. It's about this thing you were saying earlier, Colin, about rules. You know, it's not about keeping a set of rules. It is about knowing Jesus and the fact that he loves you and cares for you um, and wants you to to have the very best. It talks in the Bible, doesn't it, about living life in all its fullness, or as we yeah. used to say in, in Crusaders, living life to the max. Um, and and how can you do that? And I, I personally believe that you do that by being in relationship with him. And of course, that relationship, like the disciples, then leads to action at all sorts of yes. levels. And right at the heart of it is love, you know. Yep. In fact, I was watching a program on Mother Teresa uh, uh, last night, and it struck me that uh, obviously a lot of the imagery there was she was taking mm. children and she had mm. her, her home for the dying and so on. Mm. But she would often, you know, embrace mm. people. And what she was most passionate about than anything else was actually demonstrating God loves you. Yeah. You know, and, and the demonstration was her holding people mm. and of course the the sisters of mercy mm. you know doing of course all that all that stuff uh, that they did uh, with the poorest yeah. of the poor you know yeah. uh, and that communicated of course with malcolm muggeridge mm. uh, when he first uh, uh, discovered her work mm-hmm. and then the bbc made a program mm. uh, uh, which catapulted her mm. work to the world you know yeah but of course people still take notice don't they and i mean i guess ukraine is mm. is the best example I, I have been amazed how the i mean did you know that in ukraine they have about 85 percent church attendance yeah. uh, it's, i knew it was high yeah it's within the orthodox tradition mm. you know yeah. and mm. uh and whatever but, but they they love they love jesus you yeah. know and uh, mm. and and on occasion when we when we've looked at the pictures on the television and seeing them worship mm. so there they are getting bombed out of yeah. their homes and uh, and and of course people like the polish community again the poor the uh, poland is a poor yeah. nation yeah. and yet it's the poor people um supporteth thank mm-hmm. thank the lord by by all of us mm-hmm. uh, who are actually delivering the care uh, mm-hmm. and the support that which is needed yeah mm-hmm. so th- it, there is something about you know the the Action, and mm. I guess that that if we were there in Ukraine and working along the side, people and say, "This is what faith is about. It's, about, yeah. it's not about talking; it's about doing it." Mm. You know, mm. uh, this afternoon we've got Carol, you know, who's coordinated all the work in Bournemouth. But I don't know whether you know that Bournemouth has become. A, um, Carol is a musician. I don't. I don't know whether he embraces any form of faith or not. But but he and his wife, they just saw what's happening in, in Ukraine mm. and they they started to provide, you know, a castle point. They've got a collection point. Now yeah. they've got a huge warehouse. Mm. But Bournemouth has become a centre. So so from, from, from right up in Scotland, mm. all over the UK, all the goods are coming here. Mm. Wow. Carol has just come back from Poland uh, and this afternoon, I think on 5 o'clock on, here on Hope FM, he's going to be talking to Gordon mm. about 
apparently what he saw in Ukraine he, when, mm. he, when he was there last week was just appalling. You know? mm. But right in the middle of that darkness, there's a light shining, mm. isn't there? There is. That, to me, that's what relationship and faith in action yeah. is, is about, isn't Cause it? Because it's in the hard times as well, isn't it, that, that people, that that's when your faith really kind of hits um, Where the rubber know, hits the road. Yeah, yeah. is it going to yeah. get yeah. you through those? And, yeah. you know, I have to say, looking at the pictures, I can't even imagine what it's like for, for the people in Ukraine. Um, but it's it's made me realise how much I'm grateful for all that I have. And that, that sense of gratitude, I think, is really mm. important. I think the thing is, when you look at some of those houses that have been bombed, yeah. the flats, you know, they're some mo- modest homes, aren't they? Mm. And when you see elderly people... with with it all gone you know yeah. i mean it's just dreadful isn't it yeah but the christians are out there and they're not you know many of them have not left they've stayed and they're working working to try and bring relief to people which is amazing and the other thing of course is there's been a unifying factor hasn't mm. there i mean and, you know instead of it, of there being this uh, stigmatized you know little groups here and there mm. a bit intergenerational isn't yeah. it that, yes. that that all of a sudden everybody is pulling Getting their weight getting involved in mm. from the children right the way through mm. to the elderly you know which is yeah. great um, i think we need we need a bit more music and then i have to have time to go and get dance i'll find time for it dance uh, uh, so uh, what are we going to play now there is a king in you excellent why this one Colin so one of the thing we're talking about to do with with rules and and religion I mean one of the groups I used to listen to was called 10 years after and it says never really understood religion except it's a good excuse to kill and that was kind of like what I was brought up on that religion was a bad thing really and I think that was one of the things that that turned me away from from Christianity but when I discovered it was about a relationship and not to do with, you know, fulfilling a set of rules, but actually having a relationship with God who would then be in me and strengthen me, then, and this is what this song is about, that there is, for every Christian who's asked, asked Jesus into their life, there, therefore then is a king that is living in you. Let the kings worship the Lord. This is Hope FM. Well, there is a king in you. That's the title of the song. That's uh, Donald uh, Lawrence uh, and company. Great, great, great song. And of course, it's Christ in you, uh, the hope of glory. It's 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 about action and relationship with Him, and the wonderful things uh, that that God enables us to do when we move in the centre of His will. Anything can happen. Well, there's a lot of of, of an amazing events happening at the weekend. Can I just remind you, those of you who were listening to my Tuesday breakfast show, will have heard the lovely Iona speaking to me about an event called Fan Into Flame. Now, if you're creative in any way, either be music or dance, or maybe you're you're an artist doesn't matter what your sense of creativity is. Iona has worked her socks off uh, to to do an event which is happening at uh, Love Church. Now, it's the St. St. Swithin's building. That's where it is. And uh, Love Church are now operating uh, out of there. That's on Jervis Road. Um, It's at 7.30. It's all entirely free. You just bring your creativity with you and you'll meet lots of other people who are equally creative. And all you have to do is to register for that is go on Eventbrite. So Eventbrite 
www.fanintoflame.co.uk and put in fan into flame and then you'll be able to register for that event and it'll just make Iona's day I know she's worked really really hard on that event but then if you're into cream teas you know like us us sensible British are uh, then uh, Sharon has a little event that you might like take your pinky with you yes so Pace are running a cream tea and family fun on Saturday afternoon from 2 till 4 o'clock at St Paul's Church in Throop Um, and people are very welcome to come along to that we do ask that you will book there will be activities for children um, games and things like that so you could come as a family but you do need to book um, on 07375 672098 or on our email at office at pacetrust.org UK. So do come along to that on Saturday afternoon. The weather's supposed to be good, so it's going to be outside. And if you're listening to this programme on Sunday, well, I'm sorry, but you've missed both. So, <laughs> so the fan, in, fan into flame at, at 7.30 on Friday, that's uh, this uh, tomorrow, uh, and then Saturday for your cream tea. Sunday. Oh, oh. Sorry, no, Saturday, you're right, sorry. Yeah, yeah that's this Saturday. It's yeah. this Saturday. Because we'll 14th. be going out again yeah. on Sunday, you see. I'm so sorry. Oh, Sunday I see. That's what confused yeah. me. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, we're running out of fast running out of time in the programme. And I've got to ask you about your latest training course. Exactly. Yeah. So training is one of the big issues, I think, if you're going to do intergenerational ministry well. But we've got um, Colin and I have, have joined up with... Um, uh, disciple the nations um, and we're running a mentoring course which will be run in Bournemouth uh, Iford Baptist Church um, and it's um, from the 20th to the 24th of June uh, this year um, and if you're interested in it then you can go to the um, website dtn.academy um, or you can email a hello at dtn.academy um, and do do it's a week-long course uh, there's one assignment that you have to do but we'll t- talk you all through that but it will really help in this whole area of of intergenerational ministry looking at how you can work alongside one-to-one or one to a small group with people of different ages um, it's not just about youth it's it's mentoring generally um, and really help people move on in their their faith journey or move on in their their life journey and the great thing is it's it's relatively cheap to attend yeah. isn't it it's yeah. 200 it's 250 if it's if you want the non endorsed course but you can also get it endorsed so if you're using it um, as a part of your work for continuing professional development then you can get a, a qualification from the open college network well a big thank you to Sharon and to Colin and of course to Lizzie and of course to your good <laughs> selves for joining us uh, today and um, and do go and support those events between now and Saturday and you Sunday people well, just thank the Lord that they were wonderful events and, and moan over the fact that you couldn't attend. Now, we're going out of this program with uh, my son who has special needs. Uh, it's one of his favourite songs. I don't know whether that's, this is why you've chosen it, Colin. Yes, because so, I spend quite a lot of time with him, don't I, Blair? He certainly does. So this is where there is faith uh, for him. Goodbye and God bless. This is Hope FM.